is flyover territory podcast uh i'm your co-host woody with me all as always is dave dave how are we doing we are uh live from the heart of twins territory here on a, a split double header against the cardinals we're on day somewhere close to the end of a 60 game sprint of a season we're doing okay though um kind of positive i, th- I think overall just a general positivity. I think some pieces are kind of falling into place for the hometown nine. Um, I will just say at the top, I'm feeling much better about this than I do the softball loss that we suffered to which I subscribe a lot of blame myself uh, last week. So if that's uh, for all of our devout listeners, um, you know, dropping balls, uh, tough, tough little stretch um, Minnesota twins, a little bit better. So we're, we're riding that positivity here um, into the post-Labor Day season and sprint. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, there's, there's two things I wanted to lead this episode off with. One being the, uh, the brutal doubleheader that we experienced eight days ago uh, yes. against, uh, against a really tough uh, Pawtucket. No, uh, no last name. I think it's just Pawtucket. Um, yep. Yep. Yeah, they should, they should throw something in there. I think all softball team names need two words minimum and they, they should be some kind of um reference to anatomical regions or uh a bad pun preferably. Yes. yeah and the older you get the more acceptable it is for the pun just to be terrible mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. i think when you're younger like you know early to mid 20s you need to be really really unique uh but yeah once you're north of like 30 35 God, if you're still playing at 40, good for you. Then yeah, just bring on the just full on like dad jokes for your team names. Yep. Or yep. just like just a classic like town you're in and just like the Stillwater Stallions. Like, or oh, or you right. even you, you don't even exert that much effort. You're just like the Stillwater beers. Yeah. <laughs> or the beer bombers or something like that. Exactly. Beer, beer is also a perfectly re- uh, acceptable softball team. I, I usually don't touch beers just because I want to keep the Milwaukee beers from basketball. Like mm. just on the the pedestal that I, I place them on, which is so one high. of the greatest soundtracks of all time. Oh, featuring easily. the greatest ska band ever to uh, arrive out of. I, are they from Wisconsin? I, I can't recall, but uh, Real Big Fish, of course. Yeah. Uh, For some reason, that's like I feel like they're straight out of Midwest. They might be Ohio. Like, there's no way they're not from uh, flyover territory. Uh. Real unfortunate news on that one, as Here we got California. research on that real quick. Uh, Orange County, California. Yeah, well. Yeah. Well, thanks for thanks for all the work that you did on the soundtrack of um, Basketball, as well as several other albums, including Cheer Up, one of my personal favorites. There you go. Yeah, but, uh, you know, we don't have to rehash what happened uh, specifically with Game 1 last week for, for old dropping balls. And, uh, you know, I, I like to think. Walks will hunt, Woody. Walks will hunt. You know, Walks will hunt. Walks will haunt. I, I, 
it changed our mind a little bit. Yeah, geez. <laughs> um, we have a very strong like anti walking stance on our team, but we, yes, we do. We run into a lot of teams that don't share that same appreciation for, for beer league softball, specifically like a D minus league. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And we, uh, we got in a little, a little bit of a, a pickle and you know what? Uh, we didn't deserve to win that game. So no, we did not. No. And then, you know, you should really follow that up with uh, while there was a, a tough play by, by one uh, oh, starting yeah. left, left center, no left fielder, left fielder at the time. He might be moved over to right field for the next couple of games here before he gets some confidence yeah. back. The all relegated to right field versus only right-handed batters uh, kind of game. But uh, yep. yeah, it, you know, you really go out and say and prove, Hey, if you think we should have won that first game, uh, then you got to follow it up with a really strong second game, which we did not. We, uh, we got worse really fast. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, we deserve second place this year. Um, it was, it was a tough league. It was, uh, I had a good joke going, but I couldn't get anyone on first base to talk to, to tell them. Um, I was going to make a reference to how like our league this year, which for those listening has that it's not just on our team and knows already with all five teams that we had this year. Yeah. Uh, I was going to make a, the allusion to uh, uh, a league of their own, only the uh, baseball's worse in our league. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, no one got to first base for me to actually like play that one out, but I was really sitting on it. Uh, it, so it in, and again, it, we don't need to dwell on that. We don't need to dwell on the little miasma of the second to most recent Detroit series. And this is where we're kind of slowly bringing it back to uh, the main subject at hand, um, which is a twins baseball uh, parallel to dropping balls. I think the twins suffered their defeats about the same time as our doubleheader defeat, but strong correlation between the two. Um, but now they're, they're finding themselves right in the thick of um, an AL Central pennant race. We are in third place. I do have the Chicago Southsider White Sox versus, or excuse me, Pittsburgh Pirates pulled up as the Pirates have been on first and second with nobody out in a 3-1 count to um, uh, intentionally walking, excuse me, bases loaded for the Pirates with a chance to walk off the Chicago White Sox, which would mean the Twins would move into a tie for second place, I believe, if my math is correct, in the AL Central. If not, a super, very, very uh, close race at the top there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the weird uh, scenario where you get the Twins who have 27 wins behind the 26-win hmm. White Sox and Indians – uh, because we played more games and lost like two more. It's just the win percentage thing, which kind of like jumping ahead a little bit and we'll cover more of it maybe in depth, you know, down the road here. But uh, the win percentage thing this year could really screw over like a team or two. And early candidate is the Minnesota Twins are going to are going to do that as we're probably most likely to play, you know, if not 60, the closest to it so far. Um, where you look at like we're playing, we've played a full six games more than Detroit. Uh, and I believe how the math works is if you play less games, it's better. Uh, I'd have to go back and check my like 10th grade pre-calculus. That sounds about right. Yeah. But yeah, it, yeah. We're, we could be as a trouble. I mean, there's other teams too, but I mean, we played what, uh, yeah, it's just nuts. I mean, it's, it's going to be a weird finish down the stretch. We're through yeah. 45 games. We're exactly at the, uh, the well i guess technically exactly at the uh the three-fourths way mark here but uh 
Um, but yeah, I don't know. And kind of that we, uh, I guess all, all star break hands, happens in July. We're always usually a little bit past halfway. Um, just off the top of my head with, with that, but, uh, MLB network, I believe came out a couple weeks ago with the first half all-stars so far. Um, and there was a Minnesota twin on it. There was one Nelson Cruz representing, uh, the old home team. And, uh, you know, I, I think I, I kind of sense where, where you'd love to run with that. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't just say Nelson Cruz is a top all-star candidate, but he, he might be in that larger conversation about MVPs for this season. And certainly for this Minnesota twin squad, um, he is the team MVP and dare I say in uh, running to at least get that fourth or fifth spot in the overall AL MVP conversation. Yeah. I, he's just right now as, as we're, it's uh Tuesday, September 8th here. Uh, the twins have finished both their, their double headers against the Cardinals so far. Uh, so just time stamping wise, he's third in average um, mm-hmm. and, and just AL he's tied for first with home runs with one Mike Trout uh, at 15. He is fifth in RBI uh, nine behind Jose Abreu. So it's, I, I, he probably won't make that up, um, but Hey, he's still in the top five for that. He is second in the league in hits, uh, which is, kind of impressive for a dh um that that's the one place where he's and then yeah he's unfortunately not listed in the top five for stolen bases but uh <laughs> we'll pass on that um i it's one of those weird things though of like normal seasons dhs get really penalized in terms of hey you don't play in the field you're i feel like the the writers that vote or the media that votes on it look at war and weigh that probably too heavily and when you don't do anything defensively uh, it's, it comes back to bite you, but this year, all 30 teams have a DH and it's so vital in terms of how you use it. Uh, and a lot of teams weren't, you know, I'll give a lot of the NL teams kind of a passive. They probably weren't ready for having a guy like just like Nelson Cruz laying around, but at the same time, like we're all on level playing field for the first time now. And outside of like Shane Bieber putting up like a 15 win uh, like 1.1 ERA, who's in probably the, I would say second place for MVP right now. My my right now, I my uh, MVP can't like number one choice would be Nelson Cruz. Nelson Cruz, and then we can spend a little bit of time about breaking all that down against the uh, force of human nature that is Fernando Tatis Oof. and what he does for the ball club in San Diego, and kind of be like. And that's why position players who are in the field uh, get that nod every single time and get that over Shane Bieber, who has kept um, Cleveland's ball club kind of in this mix more so than any number of their other uh, not so intelligent starting rotation members who are no longer with said Cleveland ball club. Is this, is this maybe like the, like ideal situation if you're Mike Clevenger of not only did you get to go out on a night on the town in Chicago with your buddies uh, and have probably a pretty good night. um, You also then get to get shipped from Cleveland, a miserable town and a seemingly cursed ball club. Also a place that showed that they just trade Trevor Bauer and trade all their top pitching, you know, trade Corey Kluber like Mm -hmm. before they have to pay him. So you probably weren't getting paid from Cleveland either. So it's not like you could like buy a nice new home, you know, in the Cleveland suburbs to a warm weather town, to a winning ball club, 
to a team that has like for sure the most exciting player in baseball right now who's 21 22 years old and then a good core and a team that yeah. looks like finally after so many attempts of like you know we thought that like Eric Hosmer, Manny Machado signings are like, oh, and that's we're just going to roll with it. No, no, no. They're actually Turns this year going for Trent it. Grisham and, and Tatis that will power you through. Exactly. Uh, it, it worked out well for Mr. Clevenger in this case. And um, it, this is – it's. I kind of want to bring us back to this point about where the Twins are at. Uh, third in the division, I'm fine with that. Third in the division, seventh in the playoff picture. And this is just bringing up that playoff picture – uh, you and I were talking about this. ESPN's got something up here, and I think this might have been updated prior to, to, to today's games. So this is entering play on Tuesday with um, the White Sox officially losing to the Pittsburgh Pirates. I'm not sure how this affects it, but it's pretty much this is what it looks like for that larger picture. You've got the number one team in the American League is a drum roll. It is a team from the American uh, League East. Woody, who is that number one team in the American League? Well, it's the Tampa Bay Rays. It is the Tampa Bay Rays as your number one seed. They would in, again, the uh, setup, if the season had ended at the beginning of today, they would be taking on the Last team in, also from the American League East, the New York Yankees in that first versus eight seed. You got the Twins then as the number seven seed would be matching up against Cleveland's ball club that has the number two seed at present, and that's a very precarious two seed. Um, A's slot in at number three. The Astros are still there, unfortunately, at six. And then two of the most fun teams, and I say that just because of one player on Chicago's team and all of the rest of the dudes on the Toronto slash Rochester Blue Jays squad as the fourth and fifth teams for the American League. Um, And and I guess my larger point is I'm the Twins sitting at the seventh seed. I got to play Cleveland. Great. I got to play Bieber once. That's fine. That's a tough game. That one – we just have to hope that Meta brings out Kenta does something on level with what he did earlier this season. That's a tough game. The rest of Cleveland squad, I'm bring them on. I no problem with facing an order that goes four deep compared to our five or six deep with a couple Jake caves at the end of it. Um, or Astadio, uh, who absolutely raked again today. Yeah. Uh, that, that's fine for the twins. Pl- uh, playoff picture, I guess, it is ultimately where I'm at. The season is so funky, so wonky. You got to play at progressive rate field. Fine. If you just have to have Bieber once, I think I still like our shots in a, in a series against Cleveland. I'm less positive about a series against Chicago, which, which I think is a larger point we can talk about later on here. But that's the AL picture. I, I, anything you wanted to kind of jump in there? I'm. Yeah, <clears throat> a couple. <sighs> kind of just general things right of we're so now with Chicago losing and and where we're at just kind of now in terms of updated scoreboard here uh I don't know what the actual tiebreaker is between them but it's just it doesn't really matter Cleveland Chicago are going to be the two seed and the four seed and then we're the seven seed so we're all separated by like a game like a weird game game and a half kind of thing because again we've just played more games um 
but there's not to say like we also have had two pretty brutal losing streaks where if you just kind of break those things up and throw like a win or two in there, it looks a lot different. All of a sudden we're at, we're at 27 wins. Are, are we maybe at 30? You know, if we could really figure it out and pull it together. Um, the other thing being that I, I, I believe is still how it's going to work. Although uh, last time I think we talked about bubble scenarios and then the next day. Oh yeah. Yeah. Either. Uh, someone with in the, in the MLB media has tapped our phones or it was just a coincidence, but you know, Hey, I wouldn't put it past uh, Jeff Passan, but uh, if it's still going to work, no bubble, I think that the home seed just gets to stay home the whole time. And then you just do that thing where like you're the home team on the road, but it doesn't really feel like it. Um, that wor- That's the only thing that worries me about the wild card thing mm. of mm-hmm. we have to go to Cleveland. And I, I, are they doing five game series for the first round? Or they do seven across. I'd I'd have to double check to see where that was at. I hope so many like so many rule changes you can't really keep it. Let's just assume it's seven for money. Um, get the TV out of it. Where you're sitting there and you're like, hey, um, we have to play and win four games in Cleveland. We're not the home team or the road team necessarily, but just in general, you have to win four games in Cleveland at that field. You have to stay in a hotel. I think they get to just live at home. That's the one thing where I'm like, if there was reason to push and make a move at the deadline and bring somebody in. Mm. That would have been it for me. I'm saying, listen, if they're not going to take away the Houston Astros world series in 2017 for cheating, they're not going to call the 2020 shortened season world series, anything less like yeah. it's still a world series. It still matters. Um, you still get to hang a banner. I think that's important, but um, yeah, I, I thought that was, if anything, the reason to maybe you're one win outside of first place. They're tying the Rays with wins and again, again, the win percentage thing, but like the one seat's huge. The one getting to stay home for five straight weeks, that's huge. And, and so I, I appreciate that and, and hadn't really given that as much thought as just being like, I'm fine with playing Cleveland, like yeah. bring on those losers in their entire outfield. Uh, I generally feel the same about Cleveland. And, um, you know, I, uh, I, I'm not other, scared of them, but. Any other team in that mix though, that becomes a great, factor and I thought you brought up, brought up a great point about this twins team is a is in the seventh seed for the playoff picture if not the fourth if not the second by a mere matter of a game now I think is what it ultimately shakes out so we're in third place a game behind Cleveland who is now tied with Chicago for first place and that is in that stretch the last two weeks we lost how many straight to Detroit um who admittedly have put together a little bit better of a ball club somehow with the scraps and pieces that Gardy has at his disposal. So kind of kudos to him um, or maybe somebody else in the Detroit organization. Uh, this team has gotten through a couple funky stretches, this twins club. Um, and I think we're getting closer to being our most potent version of our, ourselves. And I say ourselves as, as the twins, the twins are getting closer to um, a Josh Donaldson lineup, which clearly is a better lineup without Josh Donaldson, any lineup without Marwin Gonzalez in it is better than a lineup with Marwin in it this year. Um, so the twins are well positioned to make that leap up this playoff picture. It's just, it's, these games are important the Twins did not do anything at the trade deadline to improve that uh, 
improve themselves as they got into this crucial mid to late September stretch. Whereas in the National League side, there was one club that I want us to talk a little bit about that did improve themselves. However, I will pause for a second on the Twins and say they got better by bringing Byron Buxton and Josh Donaldson in. And those are the players that could help them the most outside of Mike Clevenger. There was no other name moved that could help the Twins more than those two guys coming back. And apparently Michael Pineda as well. I should make that three because Pineda was a freaking horse yesterday and pitched one of the better ball games that the Twins have had. So you had three guys come back for the Twins that made you a better club without having to make any moves at the trade deadline. And really in a weird wonky situation with not much of the future known, I feel standing pat is does your club some service? So the Twins are right there. Um, Got to start winning some ball games. Big series coming up against Cleveland, I believe, starting Thursday. Or is that a Friday, Saturday, Sunday? We get like two weird days off. Is that possible? Yeah, it's it's just kind of like, I don't know how it worked out this way. But yeah, somehow played today. We so, had two days off, then a three-game homestand versus Cleveland, and then four at Chicago. So clearly huge games coming up. But the Twins hopefully can get healthy with a rise, um, getting some time off, um, and Kep's out for a little bit longer. It's it's really it, the Twins need this little stretch, this little break, and hopefully they understand that there's some must-win ball games, and that's where Nelly Cruz comes in to not only provide his bat but also his leadership. And I think bringing Donaldson back, and he's hitting the ball, he's getting on base, walks, home run uh, yesterday or earlier today, um, really kind of provide a shot in the arm and also leadership wise loved watching the celebrations of buck beating out that infield single like these guys if they can start bringing that presence um to help win some games uh but that that's the twin situation that's kind of the al i'd love to kind of pivot just a little bit keep that conversation going about mvps about our all-stars as well as that bigger nl conversation for the playoffs there and what it does look like when you go all in the trade deadline in 2020 and we're talking about the number four team in the national league playoff picture as of this morning the san diego padres woody give us a little bit of background on that nl picture right now because you got the dodgers on top but what else it's it's weird it's fun it's 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 i'm i'm very interested in this nl picture yeah, I think yeah. for for uh, reasons that are kind of, I don't know, for sure different, right? Um, they're the bottom's garbage. Like that's the, like like it's really just kind of a top half thing in the East. But I would argue I'm just kind of side by side comparing the like the East top half, the top four seeds in the East, way more interesting, way more exciting than the top four in in the in the al or so yeah the nl top four way more than the al top four it's the um, nba playoffs as well folks give us a yeah. break yeah it's uh yeah i got this dumb well, snoop dog commercial on this is actually dumb too but this dumb lakers houston series that <laughs> trying way too much of my attention uh but no the dodgers i mean i don't i don't know if we need to hammer them home a ton they're really good they paid a ton of money for this team and Honestly, because it's not the Yankees and it's not the Red Sox, I'm kind of glad to see them finally having some uh, some success. And I hope Kershaw does kind of – if the Twins don't win it, I, I, I want the Dodgers to win it with Kershaw. <clears throat> and because then Mookie Betts can win a World Series and I can rub that in JP's face. Um, 
the other thing that that. is the, the Braves are weird. Um, yeah. yeah, they are. I think my biggest fear is like an Atlanta, like Oakland World Series, where it's just like, oh, uh, like by the third inning, I just want to turn the TV off and just be like, this is this is the dumbest thing. Um, Freddie Freeman's all right, but like their pitching is questionable. Acuna's cool. I was just gonna say, how dare you say anything negative about Ronald Acuna Jr. <laughs> and the Braves are missing their best pitcher as well. So true, true. Um, I secretly not that it'll ever happen. But just to make the San Diego Padres truly become America's team, I would love to somehow see Ronald Acuna get traded to them and they just get Tatis and Acuna batting probably <laughs> two, three. <clears throat> and then it's like, oh, yeah, we'll throw Machado batting four or whatever. And it's like <laughs> just the cool – like because it's not the Yankees and finally like, having something like that. And it's just like – anyways. I, this is – I was trying to explain to somebody who uh, – zero interest in baseball about how baseball has some, like, incredible star power right now, like young studs. And I, I was just – and I was thinking of, like, a whole pantheon of dudes. But for me, it really is just Tatis and Acuna. I, I, I really love these two guys and what they're kind of like – what they can bring to the game right now. And I just – you know, admittedly, I wish Buxton was in that – trio but i just I, that might be dreaming way too big and let's just keep him sneaky stealthy under the radar here to give us like a, a great september push so he stays and is forever enshrined in minnesota hearts and uh, wins a freaking title here next year or this year we'll take this year too hey yeah this year would be would be great um <clears throat> yeah the buck the buxton thing he's supposed to be he's supposed to be right. like that guy right now. The dude hit a 420-foot home run, and it looked like nothing two nights no, ago. Nothing. No. In the middle of a rainstorm. And he beat out an infield single to win a game in a walk-off fashion. He makes every single I, – I love him so much. I, <laughs> I, I truly, truly do. I wish nothing but the best for him, for his family, for everything I possibly could. And just stay healthy. Stay healthy. I he's also, what, 24, 25 now. So he's yeah. well – outside of the range of Tatis and Akuna who are like 19 combined <laughs> at this point in time. Um, I think Acuna is like 23 or 24 now. <clears throat> so like, I don't know it, it, but yeah, the, the Buxton thing is now slipped into, like, he's not even on pace to be Torrey Hunter. No. <clears throat> and that's kind of like, ugh. yeah, he, he would need like huge years, but we, we distract from the full picture because at three is the Cubbies, uh, which I don't know how you feel about Chicago's club, the other North side club. I, I still like them, but I also kind of don't. I almost, I'm almost like, I don't like mm. the Cubs. I don't like the Cardinals and I really don't like the Brewers. No, so there's, there's no. not much. I got, I don't have a lot of love left for central teams. Yeah. And then at the fourth spot is this weird, wonderful uh, San Diego team, which is all in for this playoff run. And we're not just talking Clevenger. They made how many moves at the trade break? I think six. I think they made six trades. And, and Grant, of two of them were for catchers, but like still. Our good friend, uh, Mr. Castro, ended up in, in San Diego. Uh, they picked up Rosenthal as well um, from Kansas City. And, and that was the move that people were saying, like, that is a big piece of a potential you know, later postseason run is picking up an arm and a stud of an arm. Oh. Um, and paying for it, but yeah. I mean, they 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 gutted a lot of that. The 
bottom half of the top 10 of their uh, farm system for, for this, for this season, which obviously the Minnesota club did not do. It's, you know, the Rosenthal trade, I thought when that happened was like, Oh sweet. Like they're going for it. And then they did all these other things like outside of it. And I was like, Oh man, like you forget that there's teams out there that like are willing to do that kind of stuff. Um, and really like truly go for it. And, and you're so used to seeing like the twins would have just, just done the Rosenthal trade. And yeah. instead of like the guy that traded for Rosenthal, they would have like traded like Kirill off for him. And it would have been like, yeah, uh, I, I think back to the, uh, I forget who it is. It's slipping my mind. It was the, I want to say the 2011 season where we traded, he ended up being fine, but uh, Wilson Ramos, the catcher for the yes. reliever from the uh, nationals, I believe. At the time, uh, oh good lord! Um, was it? Um, was there a Matt involved in it? Matt Caps. Matt Caps. Matt Caps. And it's like, like could Trevor Rose, could Trevor Rosenthal just be the twenty twenty version of Matt Caps for sure? But at the same time, like they didn't just do that. Like they didn't say like, hey, we're just yeah. getting like one yeah. power arm that's going to help. We're us. addressing one need. Yeah, and and that was like where I was like, man, I I really. Baseball is kind of weird because I, I feel like the teams that usually win it are the ones that kind of stand pat and or were like usually like either a complete Cinderella story that you were kind of counting out of it at the beginning of the year or like, you know, the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Red Sox, these like really big prominent names, the Giants. That they'll be there. Yeah, where they're just like, hey, we have a bunch of like examples of us doing this. Um, even like when the Royals won it, they had lost the World Series before, the year before. So everyone's kind of like, hey, watch out for the Royals. The Padres, I think, are like the first team to me, at least, that are like, "Oh man!" Like, beginning of the year, he was like, "Hey, nice story. Probably a wild card team. Uh, let's see if Tatis can repeat some of that first half magic from last year." And all of a sudden, now they're like, "Hey, uh, it's just because the Dodgers are in their division that we're not that that like, hey, they might not get a top three seed because they can only get fourth as the highest, but they're probably the second best team in the NL." Yeah. And, and that's, and they've also, I, I, I feel like anytime you flip on some kind of baseball highlight, it's them winning and walk off style. Is that just me or is are, like every single time they win, it's in some dramatic Jerkison Profar, it's a double wins them. Like that was last night's game, right? Too. Yeah. So you, you just, you start in that, that grand slam stretch where they're just hitting the ball everywhere. And I think somebody, the announcer had said slam Diego. I was like, that's it. I love this team. <laughs> the, the white and brown jerseys with that like off yellow color. Just, oh, if only Woody, if only we had more than just one 2019 tops pink target exclusive refractor Tatis Jr. Rookie. Uh, we'd think about putting that on the uh, uh, market and start making some money like we were freaking Phil. I uh I this is this is the embarrassing part of the 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 pod here for me of I think I packed like three Tatis rookie cards last year, all from like Topps Chrome or Bowman Chrome, and I literally think because I was after Pete Alonzo's who's just having an awesome year. <laughs> um, I'm actually uh I I think I just put them in a box, and I'm at this point now where I'm too too many boxes in where I'm like. This is like a five-hour project to go find a card I think is in there, I, uh, I hope. I remember seeing I, at least two of them. 
I would, I would say that um, no matter what the new job salary is paying, the time it would take to find those three cards, two cards, one card would be worth it at this point in time. Uh, I just, I just did a quick pull up of the 2020 San Diego Padres war. Um, Tatis is 2.8 and leads this club and just shows no signs of stopping whatsoever. I mean, 21 years of age, uh, this season alone, Mr. Tatis with 53 hits. This is, I think, again, yesterday's statistics. 15 home runs, 39 RBI. Uh, he has eight stolen bases, the 21 walks uh, compared to 47 strikeouts. I mean, he's slug. His OPS is 1.068. He is, I would put up there as a contrary to your Shane Bieber reference of earlier and your Nelson Cruz reference, he is the NL MVP, hands down. Am I missing anybody in that conversation? For the, for the NL side, I, I, really, don't, I really don't think so. Um, and Because also MVP, too, I think thinking back to, like, I want to say it was 2017 when uh, Giancarlo Stanton won it, um, the team sucked. He hit 59 home runs. Yeah, that was cool. But I think he struck out a ton, and he only batted, like, 283. Uh, so story matters too in in the in the MVP voting where yeah there's yeah. not a better story right now than Tatis where like it not only just talking about the oh should he have swung at the three zero grand slam or oh whatever like not that stuff just like the wow. general like this dude is clearly the best player he's a young phenom that is living up to the hype so far yeah. doesn't really show any signs of like him having like a weird two fifty like season where he slumps like it he looks yeah, like he's a, not yeah I, mean, I, he's I not, just pulled up a i just pulled up a quick war uh 2020 leaders and mookie Betts does have a three overall award so maybe it's just i think we get we both get into this place but like yeah the dodgers are good okay we don't need to like look into why they're good we just know they're good and it's because of mookie Betts. it sounds like we're just we are enamored with the story that is Fernando Tatis, and I think for the sh- the the shit he got earlier in the season for that swing, like I, I again I, I'm in the camp of like this is what baseball needs. They need a, a young dude that's got some ability to just have fun with this game and and make the most of it in a really weird freaking time. Like, come on, baseball, it's a fucking pandemic. Like, celebrate these guys out here having some success, having a good time. Um, and what everything that's that's great about your sport. I mean, we have great sport. It's a great sport, um, and it's just it's kind of a bummer that it can't help but get in its own way. And we've talked about that at length at other times. So, yeah, uh, I did forget about Mookie Bats. That's a good point. Um, think- on this same list, Woody, it's it's Mookie, Shane Bieber, Fernando Tatis, Max Fried, the oh, pitcher yeah. for the Braves, is yeah. right up there at two point eight. Zach Gallen. Uh, you Darvish, Zach Wheeler, and then your guy, Mike Yaskremski. There you go. Uh, with a 2.2 war, Jose Abreu, just because he decided that he could hit about a couple weeks ago. Contract here, um, right? Slots in at 2.2. There's Scherzer and the old Danzy, uh, Dansby Swanson. And number 12, three guys, uh, Michael Conferto of the Detroit Tigers, Dylan Bundy, and then the other most exciting player who I'd add to that three person Mount Rushmore of the future of baseball with a fourth spot reserved for Byron Buxton. Should he ever get there? 
is Luis Robert, or Robert, as I believe he prefers to be called. Which is too bad, because Luis Robert sounds way cooler. And it just it's, rolls off the tongue name. easier. That's a baseball name. Really missed opportunity there by him. Uh, one so, last thing I was to say on the Tatis part, as I just quick uh, pulled up a quick eBay uh, uh, recently sold. Uh, I, I specifically remember the having the, like, the, I, I don't know, lack of a better way to, like, describe it, like the horizontal, like, yep. he's throwing yep. the ball across the infield, tops yep. chrome rookie card. I definitely yep. got one of those at one point. And, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, it's tough to find it, but yeah, I might be go, might be digging during, uh, during lunchtime tomorrow. Because it is coming in at what, 40 or 50? Uh, right around there. I mean, it's, this one yeah. looks like 57, uh, that's sold today. Um, can you, can yeah, you just 70. quick do it? Can you type pink to the end of that and just see how much we, uh, we're sitting on the old bottom drawer of one of the closets upstairs right now? Just hoping I kind of one-touch that a la our incredible 2019 Bowman best. I got a pink refractor that sold for 142 today. Tops Chrome. Just regular, just like it's a nine. Too, not even just a raw. That one's a nine. So okay, it's tough to find the. I, I and that's what's tricky about the uh, as we dive deep into a baseball card talk here. So feel free that's to. What, skip that's ahead. what folks are tuning in. Yeah, for okay, you, so. that's fair. I feel you know 2020. They're making a huge comeback this year. Maybe too big of a comeback, but Ugh, too big. Uh, like saturation oh, overheated market inflation just crushing everybody um but even guys that apparently have their own walmart in who have just been shut out in the cold here i, I feel like after this second the third beer i've had i might have to send a message yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's fair that's fair um yeah i think uh with with the rookies like just the base and even some of the uh refractor you know non-auto rookies um and then in the like just like base reflect refractors too it's nothing like short or like any uh, numbered or anything like that um, you kind of have to grade them right away. You yeah. can't really have those things raw because the whole point of having just like the rookie card is to like have it as like a nine, nine and a half, ten. Um, yeah. That's kind of what I've been seeing. I mean, there's a decent amount of looks like some pink tops chrome, uh, like the chrome out of like the tops, just like base set where they have like the chrome like short or not short prints, but the chrome uh, inserts in there, just early early prints, but Ooh, uh, pink refractor, a ten gem mint, uh, four eighty sold for. Just nuts, just nuts, and it just goes to show that like maybe it was a sign from the Fernando de Tatis baseball gods that when I missed out by ten seconds on that uh Pete Alonso blue refractor rookie auto <laughs> for seven hundred and seventy two dollars, I think you're okay. Uh, was was a hundred percent willing to go to eight hundred. I just kind of forgot about it for thirty seconds and gone. Um. Yeah. yeah. Doing okay. And, and Doing okay. This is just the public service announcement for from flyover territory is hey, if you're if you are if you've made it this far in this podcast and you're still listening, if you find yourself strolling down the aisle at your local uh, Target or if you venture over into Walmart, if you see a box of Topps Chrome product sitting on the shelf all by itself, grab it. Even if you don't like baseball, if you don't like sports cards, just grab it and sit on that for two years from now. And when Luis Robert is sitting atop the central, unless hopefully he's in a different team, but he's not because he's under contract for a long time. Uh, his rookie card sitting in that 2020 tops Chrome and buy that mother at right now. Uh, <laughs> and if you're, 
wanting to move it for 30 bucks, Woody and I will take it off your hands. No problem. Easily. Easily. Yeah. I, uh, I was super pumped when I packed those two, just uh base, uh, tops, uh, uh, tops rookies and uh yeah 20 bucks each i i got my money i doubled my money and then i was i'm not continue to <laughs> so go up as like well, robert did a home run like the next night and the next night i think as i dropped the uh envelope in the mailbox <laughs> the, the ball like left the park um it was, uh, i i love i love how you uh summarized the bottom four of the nl playoff picture and I, I just I want to close that loop because it's Marlins eight, Giants seven, Cardinals six, Phillies five. Nobody likes Bryce Harper. Uh, Cardinals are not a good team. Giants oh, have not. Mike Yaskrzemski. That's great, but he's like 27, 28. I didn't he's realize twenty nine. Yeah, he's and this is like somehow got the shot. Like good for him, but that's it. Yeah. Um, and then the Marlins, I'm kind of happy for, but then I realized Derek Jeter has a stake in that team, and I have no interest in it whatsoever. It's managed by Don Mattingly. Mattingly so. I'm yeah. not a, uh, that that's the playoff picture. We've spent a lot of time talking about Tatis Bieber and um, Nelson Cruz as our MVPs. Uh, I, I don't know if you want to go position by position to like lay out the rest of like the all-stars. We feel that the twins should be represented by Nelson Cruz. And I'm going to go out on the limb and say, that's about it. Like really, I mean, if you take a couple weeks worth of Miguel Sano and a couple, uh, a season worth of Kenta, maybe, um, but everybody else has faltered at times. And that's really the only sole twin representative I see uh, worthy um, outside of Kenta. So Kenta, and I'm going to put it up there as Nelson. And that's, that's all we got, Woody. We're lucky to be where we're at with the inconsistency of the rest of the team. Yeah, I think, uh, and, and, and this might roll nice into our next segment, talking about uh, pitching concerns that I have that I've mm. just picked up from the last week or so here. But um, the other guy that if the all-star like, game and the voting would have ended when it normally does, so around mm. probably like game 30-ish, right? And then they would have played it around like game like 37 or something, right? Uh, I think Kenta would have made it, but you, uh, it would have been tough. He for sure would have went to the fan vote where they get those like extra five guys or whatever. And then you have to like mash the texting thing or whatever. But uh, Randy Domnack would have had a real good shot. Uh, he, he would have certainly would have good shot up until well this afternoon. Um, and, and, then, t- and it was an, a, not the last start, but the previous start, he also had had struggled. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we talked about this a little bit prior to hopping in, but um, Randy like great numbers was up there. I think he was four and zero, maybe five and zero. Now sitting at five and two, if not five and three. Uh, ground ball pitcher. You know, it, it nothing, nothing sexy whatsoever about his his stuff, other than that he can induce a ground ball when he needs one, and that is a ground ball double play pitcher who's going to put a guy on each inning, two guys on each innings, maybe load the bases and still wiggle out of it, get to five innings, and weirdly in 2020 he's pitching in some of these games where it's a seven inning double header. Today's second half, if he had been able to get through that weird wonky third inning, like he's well positioned to get another win. It, he's almost custom made for this 2020 season. Like get to the fifth, we'll hand the ball to Duffy, Romo and Rogers, any combination of those guys. And hopefully they haven't figured out that day, but um, yeah, Randy stars fallen a little bit right there. And it's just, I feel it's kind of, we should have expected that. It's not like um, 
we shouldn't be bummed about that. I think it's one of those, like, we celebrate the success that Randy Dobnik has had and hope that he can find that formula to get us five innings to get the ball to the bullpen in the future here and slot in as, like, a number four starter in this rotation. Because really, in this pitching concern conversation, you got Kenta. You've got Berrios, who was great yesterday or earlier today too. He was he was he was really in a groove. Like he he proved to me yet again that he's got great stuff that he could be that number two. And then I feel like Pineda is your number three, who might be your best your second best pitcher. But in a in a matchup against Cleveland, you're going to throw him out against Plesek or somebody else, and we really have a chance to win that game. And then Randy Dobnak, if you need a fourth starter is your fourth rotational starter. So that's when you bring up pitching concerns, I'm not too concerned about that rotation. If Randy's your fourth and he can get you five innings of one run, two run, three run ball. And hopefully the offense by that point in time is clicking, uh, which I might just be sipping on whatever Rocco is sipping on at this point in time and think that our bullpen is good enough to get through from the fifth the ninth inning but that's where I'm at uh but I think you clearly have some more concerns outside of that you know I, I do in the sense that we're I feel like we're in the same position we always are in in the sense of we've got guys that two or three guys we easily can talk ourselves into that I think most yeah. people in the country would agree <clears throat> yeah they, they deserve to start a playoff game they don't deserve to win, though. And so, like, it, you have to really go earn it, and they're just guys that have never really, to me at least, shown me that they have the stuff to earn wins like that to where you're convinced, oh, I feel good about this. Um, the one guy coming in the season I thought that was going to qualify under that was going to be Odorizzi, who's – I don't know. I, yeah. yeah, I don't even know what to think. I, I want to say, oh, it's just he's got to come off this weird season. The injuries are unfortunate. All that stuff, sure, but, like, and we're paying them a lot of money to pitch three games. Um, and we're not a team – and we're unfortunately a team that you have to bring up the money with some of these guys. Uh, Kenta I'm fine with, totally fine. He can – he's a guy that I wish it was game two he'd take the ball. It's probably going to be game one, though, with him, right? Yeah. Um, Barrios, he, here's what I would have loved to see. Um, I would have loved to see, like, a Maeda. Let's, I'm going to say Odorizzi's out. Like Maeda, and then like we would have moved for a big time arm, and I'll kind of go into like what I wish would have happened after this. And then you have this weird setup of for games three and four, you can pitch two starters to cover six innings. So you could go like three, four innings of Barrios, followed by like two innings of Dobnak, or three innings of Dobnak with three innings of Rich Hill. And then you also have Big Mike, who could also do a, okay, if you get to like game four or something weird and we had to just gas arms because we had to play 11 innings, uh, give us five innings and then we'll throw out uh, Alcala for two innings and then we get to the seventh, right? I thought we could – it's you know, Yeah. It, I just thought that was going to happen. And now I look at it and I'm just like it, – it just kind of feels like more of the same. Of, we're going to go out there. We're going to throw Barrios in game one. He's going to pitch four great innings and then the fifth inning – so he's going to have to face the, the order like a third time and just get shelled kind of like today. Uh, Maeda will be solid, but like, it just feels like another like four, one, four, two kind of series. I, I feel like we've, I, for some reason, I don't know if this is a consistency consistency throughout the year. What he is like, I, I'm still, I'm still drinking Kool-Aid. 
throughout this process and, and you're, you're trying to bring me back down to earth with this uh, down to earth, um, extremely pragmatic approach to what the twins <laughs> have set them up, <laughs> set themselves up for. Uh, and this is, this kind of gets me back to the um, trade deadline conversation. Who out? There, who is out there to 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 change that scenario for you? It's 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 just not going to happen. Yeah, Cleveland is not moving Mike Clevenger as as willing as they are to move their top arms to Minnesota. It's it that's that's not happening. No, they're not interested in that whatsoever. And who else is out there to to slot in to to take on that that conversation and your concerns right there? need to be the number one concern for the Twins in the 2020 offseason, no matter what happens this year. Clearly, Odorizzi has it, – it just didn't work out for him the way he had hoped it would, and that's I, – I, that sucks. Like, too, that, that's too bad, man, but you're, you're out. So what does this Twins team have next offseason? We could spend some time looking at that when the time comes, but it's Kenta and Berrios, I believe, under contract and not much else, like maybe bring back Big Mike if he, if he wants to, like roll it back. But then the Twins have to take a hard look at, like, is Randy Dobnak your, really, your number three starter, your number four starter? You've got to improve your club somehow right there. And Kento is proof that they're able to do that, although we both understand that you need a bigger arm than that. It's just those arms, they come at a premium. We know how hard it is to get those arms uh, – for any club, unless you got Yankees money. The only positive I'd throw out there in that light is Donaldson didn't end up here. Uh, Donaldson and Kenta both ended up here. Whereas I, I think Donaldson might be a little bit, we are very, very hopeful on that front. Kenta is freaking solid and that's a good move. So what if you stashed your whole entire top half of the rotation, one, two, and three with three Kenta-esque starters and then slotted Barrios in. That means you got to make two really big maneuvers this offseason, and that's that's asking a lot. But that's why you trade Eddie Rosario right fucking now. And that, Woody, gets me to the uh, – I'm going all the way ahead to our kind of prospect future um, conversation right there. It, it's just, for me, this club, pitching-wise, we certainly need help. I think Eddie is, is – uh, movable at this moment in time because there's a lot of guys down there that can hit that can play and i would much rather have them and a solid arm than eddie over and left i would agree uh eddie rosario is not only uh the clear cut like number one candidate to be moved this season um he has one year of arbitration left next year luckily he's not doing well. Like if he has a back-to-back season, like he did last year, like arbitration would have been paying him 18 to 20 probably this year. And it would have been a really tough spot for us. It's probably, I mean, he's going to get a raise over just cause that's how it works. So he'll probably be in like the low, like 10 to 12 range, um, which is movable then. And then maybe that team feels like they could resign him. Uh, other names that are, and I'll just cut, we'll, we'll have, way later maybe after the season kind of go over this stuff more but other names that could be moved just because of position wise who we have coming up in, in the in the farm system <clears throat> another guy's like kepler yeah. who i think that now that would be a crushing blow because he's a i would argue like a top three fan favorite 
he's a guy that, especially for the organization, feels like they got this kid from Germany. They really put a lot of time and effort into him. Do you let him go? But that contract is so friendly. It's like, yeah. I think he signed a five-year, $35 million deal, which he probably is like a $12 million player and you're getting him for seven. And I think small teams that have good prospects or guys they can't pay are willing to move them. Um, and that kind of, but like not moving for somebody, you know, kind of hammer on this kind of last part here on the pessimistic, pessimistic side of the pitching for me with the starters, uh, not going for a guy who it would have cost you a ton for maybe only six starts. And yeah, I probably would have wanted to know if I could resign him, but a guy like Trevor Bauer, who's out there just dealing for <laughs> Royce Lewis, Alex Kriloff, Trevor Larnish better be hall of famers. You, you, they, and they better be playing next year because from what I could tell, it was only going to take – you probably was going to take two of the three and then just a pitcher that, and a player that could play now. So they were looking for, like, literally, like, Adrianza and probably, Smelter. like – Smelzer, Dobnek. Dobnek would have been tough to part with at the time. <clears throat> but, again, it's like you then get the, the bona fide number one top ten kind of starting pitcher stuff in the league. Um, but at the same time, I get why you don't because you're, you're hopeful. And, and, and a guy like Royce Lewis, who would have been in that deal for sure, is 21. But the problem is we have Eddie Rosario. We got Byron Buxton. We got Max Kepler in the outfield. And all three of them, to me, especially based off they've been playing this year, are really replaceable in terms of like, hey, you guys are on the wrong side of 25. We literally have Lewis in center. Larnish and right or left, Kirill off and right or left, the three guys to replace you coming up. We, I wish we could play two right fielders throughout the season, but yeah. we can't do it. And Sano seems to be locked in at first for at least another year, so you can't remove Kep. It, it's just a weird spot we're in. That's why I'm just trying to stay focused on 2020 and then and then more worry about this stuff when it comes up when we got to figure out what we're going to do. But Well, to, to, that, to that point exactly um, – I think what's going to be really interesting here and to kind of keep this, cause this is, this is a, this is a make or break week coming up for the, it's a make or break weekend and into next week for this Minnesota club. Um, it sounds like we need to check in around next Wednesday or Thursday and see where this ball club is at and really start like playoff playoffs are coming. They're coming fast. We have set, Woody, you've set a marker and said like, I don't like where this club is at pitching wise. We've set ourselves up a lot for the similar territory we were last year. Um, and that, and that's, that's, uh, that's, that's where we're at. I think you're on the side of, and I'm, I might be distilling this down to uh, too simple of a statement, but you're, you're pessimistic about that. I am still in that positive. It's 2020. Anything could happen. It's all crazy. Like there's no point in, in, and doing anything but just rolling the dice you got for this season, which, you know, if we end up winning seven of the next uh, eight games, however many games we have until that time period, and I'm, I'm able to pump fist quite rapidly or uh, <laughs> uh, Luis Robert, Robert hits five home runs against us. And we are all of a sudden battling with the Yankees for the eight spot. It's going to be two different conversations, but I think that's really a great, that's where I see this, this kind of um, where we're both at on this, on this, on this spectrum right now, like concerns about pitching for you. Um, I am just going to keep rolling with what other choice do we have to be uh, positive about 
um, Pineda being back, Donaldson being back, Buxton staying healthy, um, and hopefully getting Cap back in the back in the mix and and seeing what we can do with the squad that did great things last year. Um, and Nelson Cruz, an MVP candidate, right in the heart of all that, um, with some more healthy guys around him to help produce. Yeah, I th- and I'm kind of looking at the schedule real quick here. Um, as we had <clears throat> again, we had two days off, and then we have our last seven games against Cleveland and Chicago. So the we're we're done playing the White Sox and the Indians after Wednesday. Uh, or sorry, thir- next Thursday. So okay. we have nine days from now, we'll be done playing them. So we don't have really control over that. I was like, oh, sweet. We get to avoid Bieber. Just kidding. He's pitching Friday. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just totally misread the thing. And I was like, oh, weird. Dane Dunning? I thought he was on the White Sox, not the Indians. No, he's – he's yeah, we're still facing him. And then I was like, oh, okay. Well, at least we'll avoid Giolito and Keiko. No, we get them at the end of the White Sox series. So yeah. I say that meaning uh, – being two things. One, yeah, that sucks. We got to face him. But two, like it's really important to know like this is a good test for the next seven games we have of – we're, we're facing the best. These are guys you got to beat. Um, and maybe Bieber might be the one guy where you're like, eh, like, can we maybe get a run? And let's just see if we can maybe get like four or five hits off the guy and just like not and feel like we're not so inferior. But like we got to – if we can win two out of three from Cleveland and let's say three out of four from Chicago, I feel really good. I feel really good about where we're going after that. Um, but if it's anything less than that, it starts to kind of figure out, okay – Again, that means that we're behind both of them and that best we can be the seven seed. And that's, yeah. that's where it gets really tough of yeah. we, the only ch- like chance we have, which maybe if the Yankees are an eight, the only chance we have at playing home playoff games are the ALCS yeah. versus the Yankees <laughs> where the eight seed. This is not a place we want to be. <laughs> no, not at all. So it, uh, it gets tough from there. It, and, and I guess I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to join the uh, pessimistic train for just a second. That means your, your freaking window, Minnesota Twins baseball, is closed. Chicago's there. And, and I'm not, that's with, without completely understanding what their, uh, what their roster looks like for 2021. But, like, they arrived. They're here. And they're, they're making a lot of trouble. So unless you prove you're better than they are and you're better than a Cleveland club that has apparently no interest in hanging on to its assets – then, you know, what are, what are you doing? So it's, it's, it's like you said, this is a great gauntlet of seven games. The twins are, is it seven or six? Is it a three and three or do we have uh, three and four? So a seven game stretch here, mm-hmm. nine days, seven games to determine the fate of the free world, AKA the uh, AL central. Yeah. And we, <clears throat> we only have two more. I mean, I don't, that, that it matters, but, then we play at the Cubs. So we just stay in Chicago for seven straight days, which I don't love. Um, and then we have five games at home, but we end with Cleveland with Cincinnati. And if they're throwing like, oh man, if we, if we somehow get lucky and can <laughs> avoid <laughs> Bauer, that'd be great. And if we can avoid Sonny, uh, Sonny Gray, that'd be great. Um, yep. I was going to put together, I, I didn't get to it, but a, like what could have been twins starting rotation with like Sonny Gray, with like Dallas Keuchel. Don't Keigel. do it to yourself. Um, Don't do it to yourself. And just, just we're just looking at like what what it could have been, and it's like oh man, but I, I didn't. Didn't maybe I'll do that if like we get, yeah, if we get the seven seed. Put, and, put oh, you Darvish in there too, because yeah, you Darvish. He's good again. Madison Bumgarner. Actually, I think we're safe on that one. Um, <laughs> but which I think is the best part is he goes to Arizona because he wants to hit, and then they might get rid of the. Uh, they might just the put the DH in in, in in NL going forward. Which I'm like yes, good. Screw you, Madison. 
Um, so, so we're, we're again, I, I, not, I think this is, this is, I, I want to ride into the sunset with this one. Like this is a seven game stretch where the fate of the season stands right here. Let, let's go. You get it. We have a two game, two days off to get healthy, to get right. Yeah. So Rocco, I, this is on you, man. Like, this is it. Yeah. Get your, get your guys ready. Let's go. Oh, man. It's, you start at home at least against Cleveland. That's huge. That is huge. Yeah. And it, we'll, we'll see what you can do with that. It is weird that like we have these two days off. Like I don't, I don't really get it to be honest. Um, like was it just cause we had to play so many? No, but some of those double headers got like weird rescheduled. Um, but yeah, even it's just, yeah, it, this is, this is huge. This is kind of like the precursor of, you know, those games in like the NFL to kind of make a comparison of like week 14. And it's like the saints versus the 49ers. Right. And they're playing for the one seed or whatever. And it's like, okay, we're trying to, that's what kind of feels like for us of listen, if, if it doesn't go great, we're still going to be in the playoffs. We're still going to have a chance, right. And anything happened in, in, in the momentum. fall, but momentum, but if we go five and two in the stretch and on, uh, we wake up in Chicago to go play the Cubs on Friday the 18th. And we're in first place in the central knowing that we just have two games against the Tigers. We finish with three at home against Cincinnati who, again, they're probably going to be out of the playoffs, so they might just not give a shit anymore. Um, yeah. Like, that that could be enough to maybe the Rays fall apart like they should. And, again, <laughs> at one seed this year, I think, going back to kind of rehammer that point home, I think it's something that's not talked about in, like, national baseball coverage right now of if – and I think I'm right on that. Again, there's, like, 27 rule changes this year to the season, so I might be slightly off, but – I'm pretty sure you get all your games at home and then you don't ever have to leave the state of Minnesota and you know how it feels to play in cold baseball weather and you're set for it. But if like the team you're facing next is like, I don't know the let's, let's say that the Rays versus the, the Rangers just two South, you know, I don't think the Rangers are in it, but just for example, and then they got to come up here for seven games after they just played seven games in the heat. Like I don't, that's huge. That's huge this year. All, all will be revealed. Uh, I think uh, I think that's a good spot to, to to end it on. I was we were gonna maybe dip into prospects, but uh, kind of like the twins, maybe we'll do that next time and and just always be a that's a tomorrow topic, even though tomorrow's not. <laughs> well, real. hopefully, hopefully it's tomorrow topic in a good way and not like uh, okay, this is what needs to turn our twenty twenty one prospects around. So oh, man, again, exactly. all yeah. will be revealed. Exactly. Um, any final thoughts that you have uh, as we go into the the big stretch here? Well, two days off first, which is clutch, but. Bring on the rain. Bring on the rain, and God bless Byron Buxton. Please stay healthy. <laughs> oh, man. He – yeah, the, <laughs> the last stat we'll, I'll be – I don't know what the exact record is. I'll make these numbers up, but it was something like – It's impressive. like 6 and 12 without him, but then we're like weirdly like 18 and 10 with him or something. And it's crazy how reliant the Twins are on like a career 235 <laughs> hitter. But, um, yeah. Minnesota we'll Twins it. baseball. Exactly. All right, Woody. Cool. Peace later. We'll uh, catch you next time, hopefully with uh, with better news and atop the uh, AL Central. Yes, sir. Sounds good. All right. Peace. Mm-hmm.